TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. We're back in the saddle, shall we say, here in the Two Guys at a Mike Show. Took last week off back at it. Great to be back uh, just about 10 minutes ago, walking in the studio and seeing the sunny, bright, motivational face of producer David Olson inspired to greater weeks ahead. No question about it. I missed you, David Olson, in the uh, mornings as part of my morning routine, and uh, you weren't there for it. It's my wife, my kids, and then producer David Olson, and quite frankly... At times, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> oh, I want to thank, uh, who do we have? Brady Stiff. I want to thank Matt Duffy and Justin Weiner. Three of Chicago's best and brightest. All young kids, by the way. All who pretend to be nice to me, but quite frankly, they would hope uh, that I either retire or didn't return from my break so they could take over the show permanently. But it's nice to know, Big Dog, and I want to welcome you in, too, that all three guys are at least nice to me, uh, even though they're hoping for my eminent dem- Demise. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> they, they do want to make back you, Coach. Yes. Which is, you know, stab you in the back when you're yeah, not absolutely. looking. But, but it's, at least they're nice to me uh, on the, you know, and I know that, but I can at least enjoy the um, the niceties in the beginning. You know, you are getting better about choosing people that aren't the biggest pain in the butt that actually <laughs> replace you. I will tell you that, Coach. <laughs> We've had you set up with some people in the past that uh, – how do we... Wait, honestly, you couldn't leave me in the booth alone. I'd be throwing elbows on these kids. Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, this isn't, you know, yeah. this isn't like, let's prove who's got a bigger one radio. It's the best way for me to put it. A couple of instances where the chemistry to be uh, gently put, not so great. But Big Dog, great to have you back on. Thank you for uh, helping out with the shows last week. I worry about you when I don't talk to you for a couple of days over the weekend because you have an unbelievable penchant for getting in trouble. I can't tell you. When I don't talk to you for seven days... Quite frankly, I lose sleep and worry about you, but I'm assuming you uh, you sound like you're alive and healthy and at least somewhat happy. Oh, I am. I'm well, I'm not. Well, I'm pretty happy. Uh, I'm not that healthy. And, and folks, I did get into a lot of stuff over the last days. <laughs> but you do you do realize Lollapalooza was this weekend? I have that on my notes here. Lollapalooza, which is uh, rapidly becoming one of the bigger rock concert events in the, in the country, right? Well, you. Yeah, you know, it's funny you said it. it. Used to be one of the biggest. It traveled around. And it was really cool, and now it's only like it, you know, it doesn't really travel anymore. And then they had it in the city of Chicago. Well, last week, you know, I was about to, you know, like uh, set up all the bills, pay mortgage, and all that. And then I realized I had about four hundred eighteen bucks less in the in my in the bank account than I thought I did. So I had to come up with some money some way, coach. So I decided to sell something legal at Lollapalooza, Lollapalooza, but it is illegal to sell out on the street mm-hmm. because of, uh, what do you call it? Just uh, of law. So basically they could arrest you for selling this stuff. But I was like, you know, I got to figure out how, a way to make money. So Friday I go down there and got into all kinds of trouble, coach. Cause it had, it had a good time. Thursday, you know, it had a, I mean, Saturday had a pretty good time. But Saturday when I was leaving, some guy was like, hey, man, I, I really want one of those, but uh, I don't have any money. Here, here's an all-access wristband. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> I, I gave it to the guy. I took a chance. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You know, well, I, I, the, on Sunday, yesterday, it ends up being 
I go down there, and while I'm walking there, I, you know, I hear some guy behind me talking, and he said something really funny to a homeless man. You know, and, and I turned around, and I, I feel the same way, you know, because the guy's like, man, I'm just trying to get by. So I start talking to him. He ends up being the drummer for the band Lance Armstrong. Wow. Okay. So I thought that was pretty cool. He's like, yeah, you got an all-access uh, pass. Come <laughs> with me. So it was a tampered with wristband. Okay, but anyway, so I put it on. Next, you know, I'm backstage, you know, hanging with different people, Perry, Farrell, all the, it was a good time, Coach. Fantastic time. So you were all access, because I've, I've only been a limited access guy, so you went all access. I'm jealous. Okay, all access on a place that had four stages. Okay, and all access meant that when you went behind, they served you like lobster dogs. You know, did you ever have a corn dog? Imagine <laughs> lobster dogs. Wow. Okay. So uh, that's all you could drink. Uh, all you could drink, Coach. I've always wondered what goes behind the curtain for the uh, all-access people. Little did I know it was all you could drink and lobster dogs instead of corn dogs. Coach, and when I may say all, and there was four different stages, and you know how I get, you know, they're like, hey, are you going to have to leave this stage? So I just go to a different stage. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, uh, I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. So this guy, uh, Robert McCune, who I've been on the show, America's Most Wanted Deadbeats with, over, we're creating a, a website, and I was filming, out on the street Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. If you go to ShytownMix.com, Coach, mm-hmm. you can watch these these interviews. And we're, you know, the thing that I do need to talk is we can't hook up TalkZone.com to this particular internet site so people can load it immediately. But that's another story. ShytownMix.com. Yes, C-H-I-T-O-W-N.com. We will check and that I, out. So I was I was out on the street talking to people, and uh, we've gotten a lot of hits already, Coach. We had some pretty interesting interviews, especially with people around 1 o'clock in the morning on Friday and Saturday night. Those were probably the most interesting ones. I, I have a question because it was kind of glossed over earlier. Uh-huh. What exactly was That's, it that you were selling? That was the question I was going to ask. Thank should, you. Should I, should I say it? Okay, I'll, I'll say it. I was selling cigarettes on the street. Ridiculous. I mean, it was people were, like, running to me. What were you selling? Cigarettes. Cigarettes? Uh-huh. By, by, by the pack or by the square? By the back. By the pack. <laughs> Cigarettes. Yes. An old-fashioned idea, but actually, you know, pretty creative because it's so old-fashioned that nobody does it anymore. Well, exa- it exactly. Would you steal them off the back of the truck like in Goodfellas? No, I didn't steal them off the back of the truck. Okay, uh-huh. now this is going to get me. This is get me a lot of trouble. But I was in Kane County, which they cost four dollars a pack, and then all of a sudden I'm selling them for. Anywhere from seven to ten dollars a pack. Interesting. In the city of yeah, no, okay, that's smart. That's Did smart. it prove to be uh, somewhat profitable? Well, I needed to come up with some money, or else I was going to get my legs broke by one of those guys from Goodfellas. Interesting. Okay? Interesting. So, it's a little. It's, it's a, well, little, I, I, I bring these things into actually, you know, into the concert, and uh-huh. it's, it's ten to fifteen dollars a pack when I'm in there because uh-huh. nobody can get any. Well, so I'm trying to get Robert in, so I end up meeting the whole organizer of the whole entire festivities. Wow. Though. Of Lollapalooza, not not Perry Farrell. This is this is this other guy, Kamal. I met Perry later. Mm-hmm. So this guy ends up, you know, I tell him my predicament, and I'm like, I want to get my guy in here with a camera. He's like, Well, you better get him one of these artists all access pass. So he hands it to me. So I, you know, for it takes Robert about two and a half hours to get there. Luckily, so I ended up eating oh, like squash, ravioli, oh, <laughs> you name it, I ate it yesterday. Okay, and lobster dogs. Let us not forget those. Oh, the, oh the, yeah, um, those were just fantastic. I'm fascinated well, with that particular concept. That's outstanding. I, I hope you don't mind doing the rest of the show. I know uh, typically all access people don't like to hang around with limited access guys, no, but uh, you no, know, if you don't mind, no, we'll... don't worry. The story gets worse, buddy. It oh gets no, worse. Uh-oh. So, well, so far it's Robert, been pretty good. So I can't. 
it can't get much better. So it's got to go well, down. No, from no, here. no. It's going to get, it's going to get bad. Now, okay. when I went in, they kind of checked the wristband. Okay, and they were like, you know, this one looks tamper with. And I mean, it was because some guy at two o'clock in the morning gave it to me the night before for a pack of cigarettes. This thing's worth like five hundred bucks. Okay, so now it's only a third of the, the show left. So it's like it's worth one hundred and sixty, hundred and seventy bucks. But this is also the Soundgarden night, which is by far the headline act mm-hmm. of Lollapalooza. Period. There isn't even any question about that. I know other people might argue, but I won't. So finally, Robert is. I have to pass it to him under the fence. You know, because I can't leave and come back in and hand it to him because I was afraid it would get checked again and was starting to get messed with. Well, when I go out there, it pops off. So there's really nothing I can do. I basically have to hold this wristband in place whenever I'm going in and out of important places. Mm-hmm. So, well, anyways, Robert runs across Lakeshore Drive. They had it cordoned off at Lollapalooza where you couldn't sneak in. It was unbelievable that how they how well this was set up. You know what I mean? Because I was like, people are going to be able to get in no problem. They couldn't. They had security all the way around the facility. Well, I get to a spot, and I'm going to hand it to him, and the guy's like, hey, you can't do that here. And I had talked to the guy. He said it was fine, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he said, you can't do that here. So I moved down a bit. Robert runs over. I hand it to him. And right when I get up, there's four security guards there, all of them about foot five, 399 pounds. Coach, I could have whooped any one of them. But four of them at one time, they were just four massive, gigantically fat people. You sure it wasn't a training camp for the Chicago Bear backup offensive line? I certainly hope not, Coach. These guys had beer bellies the size of Pluto. How was their lateral movement? Uh, Could they give the forearm shiver? We need to move people this year, the Bears. Well, it was it was good enough that I didn't see the guy. He just grabbed the wristband and said, oh, this was tampered with. you got to go. Well, actually, I know Robert is able to, after like, 20 minutes of talking at the gate with Robert, my guy, me, and then all these security guys. Mm-hmm. Robert gets in with the pass. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, this is good. I helped my buddy out. He's the one that goes in. But he had the camera. And you're not supposed to have cameras in there. Okay, and he had not like a little camera, Coach, a big, like, film camera. All right. Well, he got all types of unbelievable bootleg footage, great stuff. You really wanted me to be there for interviewing people. It would have been a lot better, but you can see so all that. So you're, you're stuck on the outside while Robert all of a sudden has the all-access, uh, albeit tampered with band. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. And you're both little... selling things, well, not selling things, but you're both doing things illegally. You crossing county borders and selling cigarettes. He's taking uh, film when he's not supposed to be. It's nice to know you. You live the All-American Weekend, Big Dog. We're proud of you. Yeah, it, it's just too bad because uh, I actually... Got, I still have it. I didn't even get to use it. I wasn't going to give it up to anybody, though. But this uh, a pass into the VIP party later, and there was only 500 of these passes. Oh, boy. And uh, my boy Ricardo Gonzalez of Lance Armstrong was the <laughs> one that got me into this particular party. Uh-huh. And, you know, all of a sudden, he tried, to, he tried to help me out, get me back in, but he couldn't, which is fine. But, uh, Coach, it just, the, there's so many other things that went down this weekend. I, I, you probably mm-hmm. don't want to hear the whole story, but i I got to tell you something. I've if you just put me out into the public, crazy stuff yes. will happen, and finally people have a camera that are actually watching it. So. Yeah, no, I've, I've known that about you for many, many years. By the way, we're assuming our listening audience out there uh, knows Has particularly what Lollapalooza is. It's a big celebration, rock concerts, three-day celebration in the Chicago area. Each year it's getting bigger and bigger. I can't tell you, Big Dog, how many um, uh, rather low-key suburban teenagers, young 20s that I know, went. This weekend, so it's become so popular. I can just imagine the small sampling that I have come in touch with. Uh, you times that by uh, multi millions, and it had to be a huge, huge 
was was overcrowding a problem? I know they they expanded the the grounds, did they not, from last year? Yeah, they did. They did. And when uh, I actually did get to walk because it was four stages, I walked around the whole area. I got to see all of it, plus a lot of the you know the backstage areas. It, it was it wasn't too packed. Okay. You know what I mean? You could actually move around a uh-huh. little bit. It was it was a good time. And this is the third day, but it wasn't. I didn't go out to four Soundgarden when I did see the Soundgarden area. It, it looked crazy. Uh, but I, I got to tell you something. I talked. To, I interviewed a bunch of like doormen and concierges and all mm-hmm. this other stuff. Not one problem with any of the Lollapalooza revelers. Excellent. None. The Excellent. only buddy that had any problem with them was a 20-year-old. I'm not kidding you, Coach. I'm trying to think of the uh, music theater major from Western Michigan. Oh His boy. name was Peter. Okay, and he was like, "These people are crazy." <laughs> so besides that. Some guy that really didn't seem like he knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was like, these are the yeah. people, good people, no problem. Yeah, you hate so, to generalize, but in my limited experience with music theater people, they definitely walk or uh, you know dance to the beat of a different drummer. They walk a little bit above the ground that the rest of us do. A little, he, a little too animated, a little flighty are the music theater people. Well, I'm sorry, Coach. He's the one. Huh? Uh, well, yeah, this guy was definitely tippy-toeing above that line is the best way for me to put it. Yeah, all right. Well, there we go. 888-463-6748. By the way, we got any other folks out there that have attended a Lollapalooza? Maybe you've been to a rock concert uh, similar to a Lollapalooza, and you got some stories similar to the big dogs. Uh, we're always looking for off-the-sports page stories here on the thetalkzone.com. 888-463-6748. Coach, back in the saddle. I'm glad to be back at a big dog. I missed you, even though I don't get to see you in person anymore, just talking over the phone. One hour a day, I feel like we still stay in touch. Uh, just get your hand off my thigh. That, that's not my hand, Coach. That's not my thigh either. Uh, <laughs> Mike, two guys at AOL.com, by the way, is our uh, email. If you want to send us some emails, you can do that, too. And I guess we've delayed long enough on this supposed sports talk show, Big Dog, to mention that over the weekend it was not particularly good for neither your beloved Chicago Cubs or the Red Hot Chicago White Sox who cooled off over the weekend. Collectively, what did we lose? Five out of six over the weekend. The Cubs are sinking lower and lower, they are truly a limited-access team in the world of Major League Baseball. The only thing lower than the Chicago Cubs right now are whale turds, Coach. That's pretty low. <laughs> That's okay. not good. No, 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 not at all. It, it, it really is frustrating as a Chicago Cubs fan. And I, I don't care what anybody says. I watch them all year long. And sometimes, you know, when you're a diehard, you got to figure out the different things to root for. And this year... Like, how many years, Coach, you know, because they've been bad a bunch of times since we've been doing shows together. And, mm-hmm. and and you know, I figure out a way, but normally it drives me crazy because I'm rooting for Juan Uribe and, and uh, Matt, you know, just people that, uh, that aren't going to be on the team the next year and you don't want them. Well, this year there's a bunch of rookies on the team. So there's a reason to, to watch, and there's a reason to be like, hey, this is the future of the team. Maybe they can, they can they, these guys can actually turn around. <laughs> Oh, but when you watch these rookies play lately, oh my goodness, it's, 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 they're rookies is the mm-hmm. sad thing. I, I know they got Starlin Castro and I know they got Tyler Colvin, but it's still, even those two make a lot of, uh, really, really silly and stupid mistakes. Yeah, the young pitchers they're bringing out of the, uh, bullpen yesterday, uh, the starter, Thomas Diamond, lasted only three innings, 
So they had to go to a youngster after youngster after youngster, and it was not good after not good after not good. Cincinnati beats them 11-4. to Cubs get swept. I think they've lost, what, 10 of 11. It's gone from bad to worse. And uh, Lou Piniela, I guess, taking off the next three, four days, the trip to San Francisco, big dog, his mom, 90 years old, not in good health in the hospital now. So Uncle Lou, uh, probably a much-needed three or four days off, and we certainly wish uh, Mama Piniela the best of luck in her failing health. Oh, absolutely. Uh, heck yeah, Lou. Take as many days off as you need. I mean, uh, right when you said Lou Pinello's mom, the first thing I was like, how old? And I'm not trying to make fun, you yeah. know what I mean? So obviously, heck yeah, uh, Uncle Lou, do what, it, do what it takes to take care of your family, my I friend. do hope Lou got his looks from his dad. Actually, that's that's an unfair shot because in the younger days, Lou was a pretty good-looking guy. Yeah, he but just, he also had the bowl haircut, which was moronic. You're a major league ball player; you can afford a better haircut than the bowl haircut. Uh, the bowl or the bowl? The, the bowl. The bowl. You, know, you put a bowl over a person. Yeah, no, I've heard that before. Wrong. I'm just I'm picturing a, the younger Lou Piniella. I got a little couple of Lou Piniella baseball cards that I uh, used to have. I don't remember uh, Lou having the bowl. Oh yeah, he he definitely had a coach. Okay. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's for some reason, just sat on the side. Mm-hmm. It was real thick. Yeah, it was not, not a good book. Uh, hey, me. by the way, i got to uh, check out this book, but I read briefly in a magazine there's a book out called Cardboard Gods about youngsters and people who collected baseball cards and stories about baseball cards. I was one of those guys as a youngster who was a huge baseball card collector. So uh, I don't know if you've heard of this book because I know you're a passionate Baseball guy you have been since you were a young kid. It's called Cardboard Gods. Have you heard? Um... I have not heard of it yet. Okay. That sounds like Sorry. a book the two of us need to pre- And you know the, the best way for the two of us to get a book, Big Doe, we've found from the last seven, eight years. Invite the author on. <laughs> it's definitely a cost-saving device. We invite the author on. They send us a couple copies, 10-minute conversation, and both of us walk away happy. Yeah, and, and, With a and book. so do my friends because at least they get a, a birthday present. Yeah. Oh, that's what... <laughs> I give the books that I don't particularly want, and believe me, they start to pile up. I give them away to a charitable organization. In fact, Dominic's now. Dominic's has big blue bins. I believe it's the givingtree.org, and they donate the books to needy organizations. I just dump a lot of books in there. But apparently you found another way. You use books you don't want as a birthday gift to your friends. Well, yeah, I'm kidding, but I make sure they all get them. Like I, all the books that we've gotten throughout the years, yeah. I have read them, and then I okay. distribute them through my Cub fan yeah. buddy. You know what I mean? So you don't, you don't like give the financial planning books to like the guy that's out of work, do you? Not mean yeah, that's, spirit. That's, that's pretty mean, coach. I was gonna say, I'm just checking because you could do yeah, some pretty some mean spirit thing. Like you got to save fifteen percent of your paycheck <laughs> a week. I'm like, I can't do that. No, you just you can't. I'm like, I don't have a job. You got to figure out a way. I'm like, why don't you shut up? You jerk. You know, I got some guy every day. He's telling me the same thing. Uh, I want to slap that guy. I'm eventually going to, but he's like 90, so it'll be like a costing an old man won't be good for the career, or maybe it will. We got to talk to David Olson about that. Maybe he knows if it's good. If you if I slap a annoying old man. Nine-year-old old man, if it, if it actually will help or hinder the career. <laughs> I'm going to say help. David Olson, by the way, in the <laughs> world of radio, I think David would go down as a full-access guy. Yeah, right? no, uh, you know, everywhere you, I go, yeah. everywhere I go, people know Dave Olson, he by is, the way. I need to talk to him about that. Well-respected. So. Well respected. He's had yeah. a few other producers he worked with, a few other stations he's been at. We've tried to dig up some dirt on producer David Olson, and uh, it's tough. It's tough. Apparently, the guy is well liked. I don't know what he's doing with the two of us. 
Because trust me, when he leaves our show, if people want to dig up dirt on David Olson, we will find it. I can guarantee you. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. People know me. <laughs> this is no joke. The only, I don't know if he called it dirt. The only thing is basically everybody says the same thing. Love David Olson. He's great. does a good job. Blah, blah, blah. He takes his job pretty seriously, doesn't he? <laughs> Which well, is kind of a scary... I would call that dirt. It's better than saying he fluffs off on the job. Yes. But it's just a nice way to say it, it's, that our producer, David Olson, is a little high-strung. It's, it's, it's a positive, but if you take it yeah. too far, the positive can turn into a negative, especially... No, no, it's, not, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, we, we work with a couple of knuckleheads like us. It could be a problem, but uh, God bless, at least one of the three keeps us on the straight and narrow. Big dog, we mentioned the Cubs, definitely in the world of... Uh, Rock concerts, uh, a limited access team, no question about it right now. Possibly a no-access team. On the other hand, coming into the weekend, the Chicago White Sox, all access. They were playing with the big boys, one of the hottest teams in baseball, but all of a sudden the Baltimore Orioles uh, come trucking in, take two out of three, and you get the feeling that the and the wheels aren't going to fall off, but you get the feeling that the, the great role that the Sox were on, I hope I'm wrong, but you get the feeling that um, maybe it's starting to slip slide away. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the White Sox are not going to play 750 ball the rest of the season. I mean, that's for, for what, about seven weeks? That's what they did, Coach. They played 750 baseball. Not for so, two or three weeks. You said seven weeks. Yeah. That's, so, yeah, that's impressive. That's, but yeah, let's, let's, if they win 58% of the games the rest of the way, they'll they'll be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just really, really, really good baseball. Uh, so, what, you know what, what I mean? They, I was going to say, when I left on vacation, it was a three-team race. The Detroit Tigers were still in it. I ask you now, baseball expert Joe Redwanski and baseball fans out there, you want to check in, talk a little small white round ball with us, 888-463-6748. Big Dog, is it a two-team race, the twin of the Sox? Uh, can you officially write off Jimmy Leland, his cigarettes, and the Detroit Tigers? Yes, let's put it this way. The Detroit Tigers right now are in the position where if they get back into the race, it would be the biggest story in baseball because they would also have to play like an 800 baseball the rest of the way in order to mm-hmm. in order to actually win that particular division. Coach. Does that so mean it's yeah. safe to take down my uh, poster of Brandon Inge, which is hanging in the corner of my bedroom right now? Uh, yeah, if it, it doesn't rip everything else, else off the wall, whatever you put that stuff up with. And by the way, you know, Brandon Inch has been gone, and that's one of the issues that's, with the uh, I understand that, yeah. Carlos Guillen's been gone. Maglio Ordonez has been gone. They've had some serious, serious injury problems. By the uh-huh. way, uh, you sold cigarettes at Lollapalooza. You could have hung around with Jim Leyland and just um, be his caddy boy for cigarettes and probably make a good living. Oh, yeah, that's all I did when I see someone smoking and walk up to him, and they'd be like, Really? This is awesome. So, yeah, that would, I would have just hung out in the Detroit Tiger locker room. I could yeah. have made a couple bucks. No question. No question about it. All right, so you're right now at the Tigers, so you're telling me it's White Sox versus Twins, but uh, you sound like you're still pretty confident in the White Sox playing good baseball. I mean, there's, I mean to expect them to play 700-plus baseball is not going to happen. Nobody in baseball, I will predict, will do that. Somebody might the rest of the mm-hmm. way, but it probably won't happen. But you, you know what? They have proven that they can play as well as anybody. Now they just they have to find consistency, coach, and they have to make sure they have three starters. Burley and Gavin Floyd are are definitely starting in the playoffs for them. You know, is it going to be Danks and Garcia, or is it going to be uh, just Danks or just Garcia? That's the other option. Well, that I, they're going to have to find out. I would or argue that Edwin Jackson. Yeah, Edwin Jackson pitching uh, today. By the way, they as they take on Baltimore for Game Four, so it's not 50, over yet. It's kind of a huh. 
Oh, I'm sorry. The, the, the all Baltimore Orioles coach are the 2005 Iowa Cubs, just to let you know. Okay. Have you noticed that? Oh, I know. they got Felix P.A. on the roster. They've got... Um... Corey Patterson. Okay. And they've got two other pitchers that were Chicago Cubs. I don't know. I don't know where Rich Hill is at, but I think he's somewhere in the Baltimore organization. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying the White Sox should not be losing games to the Baltimore Orioles. Mm-hmm. So well, and I could also say after watching the Baltimore Orioles play this weekend, they should not have a record as bad as they've got. By the way, Buck Showalter, their brand new manager, getting a little boost from Uncle Bucky. They've won four of their last five games. That happens a lot, Big Dog. When you get a new manager, there's like a little um, adrenaline kick for a team. I swear it happens to every single team besides the Chicago Cubs. Have you ever noticed that? Whenever the Cubs have replaced their manager, I swear it's like, oh, the season is over with. This mm-hmm. team is horrible. The guy got fired. Let's uh, revert back to what is absolutely horrible about the Chicago Cubs. Who was the very popular AAA manager that they Bruce Kim. That's the guy I'm thinking of. And we thought for sure. Everybody loved Bruce Kim. He finally got the job as an interim manager. We all predicted the Cubs are going to play great for Bruce Kim. And they proceeded to go from bad to worse, if memory serves me correct, under the the great Bruce Kim. Honestly, I'd be more than happy to tell you if I made the mistake. I don't know if I actually made any prediction, but what what did end up happening was they took this one guy, Bruce Kim, that that was a great instructional guy down in the minor leagues, taught everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, how to play the game right. And all of a sudden, we're we're seeing this in like the the Latarios, the Fondas. Maybe, you know, they're not the best players, but they've been coached up. Well, all of a sudden you move on to your major league manager, and then you don't decide to retain him. You bring in uh, Dusty. I mean, you bring in Lou Pinola, and then guess what happens? You you lose Bruce Kim, and I don't know where he's at right now. Mm-hmm. But they never should have made him the interim manager coach. That was a bad decision yeah. in hindsight. That was a long, long time ago. But um, you get back to the White Sox losing over the weekend, losing yesterday, I should say, to Baltimore four to three. Edwin Jackson on the mound, getting his second start for the White Sox. First one. Pretty good, and yesterday, big dog, uh, to add a little bit of salt to the wound that the White Sox had, we do have an injury to Gordon Beckham, who's been playing great baseball of, uh, of late, hitting, I think, a 330, 340 in the last month. Now, he's got a groin injury. I can't think of any radio guy out there that is more of an expert on groin injuries than yourself. You've played football, you've played softball, you've done a few other illegal activities. You've had about every kind of possible groin injury that you can have Tell us uh, how serious this could be for Gordon Beckham. Ladies and gentlemen, groin pull expert, Joel Radwanski. No, no, I, I've, had, uh, I've had, what do you call it, three groin pulls my whole entire life. And to That's be honest it. with you, it's the only muscles that I really have ever pulled besides, like, back muscles, Coach. Yep. Two times, two days later after some ice, and, and trust me, folks, it's not good putting ice down there. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's uh, all right. And then another time, it took weeks and weeks to handle those. So, he might be he might be all right, coach. He might have just tweaked it, felt like a pop, and got out of there, and he'll be okay. Or he might be out for a couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. hopefully, for the White Sox' sake, yeah. it's uh, it's it's short for a couple of reasons. If it's short, his hot bat probably won't cool off too much, and uh, and then you get him back out there, and and then also the fact that you don't get you still have him in the lineup. Uh, Brent Lillibridge is has having a very good year as a yep. fill-in player. Let's yep. keep it that way. Yeah. He should be having a very good year as exactly. a fill-in player. One of those guys who, uh, if he has to play each and every day, kind of sinks to his level, but as a fill-in, absolutely does a nice, nice job. You know what I always say, big dog, about the groin injury? I say uh, just pop it back into place and get out there and play. Yeah, Ta- just tape it, tape it up. Pop tape it, it up. back pop it back into place, tape them up, and get out there and play. Uh, you, my, my- Ow! <laughs> 
my sophomore year and my junior year at McMurray College. Yes, sir. I'm not kidding you. At the first or second day in practice, I, I did like a tweak to it both years. Yep. The second year, uh, I, this just made me correct. You know, just your head coach sometimes, I, he loved to embarrass people that were injured. <laughs> and so, like, after that, I, I pulled it, like, the before practice the next day in front of the whole team, mm-hmm. he was like, Red Walks me. He's like, you need to learn how to stretch better. You Like, during stretches, you know, like, to remind people to stretch, so he decided mm-hmm. to embarrass me then. He's like, today after practice, you come and meet me in my office. You're doing stretches just in your jock strap. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh goodness! That I remember the. Little, uh, little uncomfortable, coach. I think the second day on the uh, TalkZone.com here, I was moving the microphone from the left to the right and had a slight clavicular pull. What's clavicular? The right clavicle muscle just inside the shoulder is, joint. Is your clavicle a bone? How could you pull a bone? I don't know, but I think I popped it. But whatever it is, you know, it was it was a clavicular injury. Maybe it wasn't a pull. Don't get technical with me, young man, or you'll go from full access to limited access. Uh, well, yeah. uh, but I was okay. You know, I kept on doing the show. I fought through it. David Olson gave me a rub down after the show. And, uh, you know, I live happily ever after. Did, what can did I you take? take the steam? No. Okay. You're not, you actually, when you go to the gym, you actually exercise, Coach Ed. Yes. Yeah. I thought when uh, General Manager Chris Whitting, you know, second day on the job, he told me to uh, put the towel on and go in for the steam. I thought, I, you know, I just. I'm not comfortable enough here to uh, put, go that particular route. But now I am. So if he ever asks me again, I might take him up on that. By the way, I definitely would, by the way. Whatever happened to uh, Commander-in-Chief Chris Whitting, our general manager here at the station? Is he still part of our uh, fearless team, producer David Olson? Yeah, yeah, he'll be here at the end of the week. He will? Yeah, yeah right. Thursday and Friday. So basically it's like once every four months we see him for three days? Something like that. Okay. All right. As long as the paychecks keep coming in and... Actually, come to think of it, the paychecks haven't been coming in, Big Dog. So, <laughs> such is the life of limited access here on uh, Talk Sports Radio. 888-463-6748, the phone number, dog. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll go over some of the other baseball games. Other news, other uh, news over the weekend, though, in sports. we got to talk a little NFL football, do we not? Sounds good, Coach. Absolutely. Anytime we can talk pigskin, I will love it. PGA Golf, Tiger Woods problem. Great line by a Chicago sports writer. i got to repeat that one on the air. A tragic accident in horse racing. I'm a longtime horse guy. This one hit home. And a couple other off-the-sports-page notes as well. We'll take a quick break. Dog and the coach, 888-463-6748. Don't go anywhere. Back in about 42 seconds. We're on a tight schedule. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com 
Yes, indeed, it is the dog and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock, one hour a day, Monday through Friday, five days a week, one hour a day, five in total. Big dog, great line from one of our Chicago sports writers. We all know Tiger Woods had a brutal weekend at the uh, very honorable Bridgestone Invitational. Where is the Bridgestone? What town is that held in? I, w- I wish I could tell you, Coach, but I was yeah. I was kind of busy this weekend, so my only news that I got okay. involved in anything was the fact that uh, porta potties were flooded. <laughs> I believe it's outside of Dayton, Ohio. Sounds good to me. That Bridge- makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The Bridgestone Invitational in Dayton, Ohio. By the way, next weekend we have a uh, the final major. The final major: Whistling Straits Golf Course, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Big dog. The best of the best will battle for the PGA Championship. A. Have you ever been to Whistling Straits? B, have you ever been to Sheboygan, Wisconsin? And C, if you've been there, were you full access or limited access? Uh, yeah, Coach, uh, I, I have been to Sheboygan. I have not been to the golf tournament. Okay. I mean, uh, Whistling Straits, I've never been to that particular golf course. Question and three. I, I, hate, I hate to tell you, I became full access when I was in Sheboygan. Really? You never go hunting in Sheboygan <laughs> with people you don't know. <laughs> Full, full, full access, a, full access of the worst kind, huh? I got to be quite honest with you. I've never been the same ever since. I haven't slept right since. <laughs> that sounds like our old radio producer Josh Fox, who would have a uh, quote unquote family hunting vacation once a year. <sighs> disturbing. That's all I can say. Very, yeah, very yeah, he disturbing. He would come back and so he sometimes he'd be smiling and he'd have his thumbs inside his suspenders <laughs> and he'd be like. Sometimes you're the hunter, sometimes you're the hunted, and other times you're, I don't want to talk about it. I just don't want to talk about it. Goodness. So it was never in any particular order. Very yeah, strange. Yeah. Nothing wrong with a hunting vacation, just a family hunting vacation with like aunts and uncles and cousins. Not a good, that's not where you want to be full access. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great line though from one of our Chicago sports writers. I don't even like the guy, quite frankly. I'm not even going to mention his name. I'm gonna, not going to give him credit. Because he's a surly, obnoxious individual who on occasion is on the radio, and he's brutal on the radio. So I'm not okay. going to give him the credit, but a good line. And he said, for all of all of those of you that always wished you could golf like Tiger Woods, you're getting closer and closer. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty solid. Yeah. What, yeah. Uh, Big Dog, you're a, you're a guy that can uh, you know shoot mid-90s, high-90s on a good day. Mind? Body, no golf coach. What's going on with the great Tiger Woods? Oh, you know, it's got to be, it's got to be his mind at, at this particular time. Time, because don't forget when they talk about uh, golf, it's like the typical line of you know, the smaller the ball, the bigger the brain. You know, well, golf is the smartest of all I, sports if you if you really think I, about I it. I heard somebody say over the weekend it's ninety percent mental, the other ten percent is mental. That makes a lot of sense. I, I understand exactly what that person's saying, coach. And that's exactly what it's got to be. Ever, I mean, he's, he hasn't won a tournament since this whole thing came out with his, uh, uh, with his, you know, all the extramarital affairs, and he keeps on getting worse and worse. He can't seem to handle not being able to play well. Mm-hmm. It's funny. There's the crack in in Tiger Woods. It was the fact that once he was exposed, he, he's never been able to regroup. The guy's never been knocked down before, coach. Mm-hmm. His whole entire life, he's been on the pedestal. So we're going to find out. If, I'm not saying he won't be able to get back up, but. Mm-hmm. This will, he'll actually prove to me a lot more by yeah. actually coming out and, and playing and getting his career together than he would if he had never had point. a problem his whole entire career. Good point. You got to to achieve true greatness. You got to overcome some adversity. And uh, Tiger Woods had it all going for him from an early age. My guess is you are right, Big Dub. We're going to look back five, seven years from now, and history will say this was uh, you know a tough period for Tiger Woods. 
Obviously, we don't know. We can only predict, but I would think he will return to greatness, and it will probably, if not in the immediate future, it will be sooner rather than later. But uh, I, he may be down. He's he's not out. Yeah, well, no, we'll see. I, I wouldn't say 100% yet. Well, no, uh, I uh, hope he uh, does come back. Like I said, game. it's a guess, and we can only predict. If I had to predict, that would be the case. And, you know, I really never was a real big Tiger Woods fan, and uh, but I, I, I kind of was after everybody just attacked him and got into his personal life. I'm like, hey, leave the guy alone. I was really hoping he would play well. Maybe I should get back to not really caring anymore. That He might be better off that way. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't think me, how I feel about it, has any actual difference. But 18 over he shot. That was the, the little bit that I know about what happened in this weekend in sports was the fact that Tiger Woods was 18 over his worst outing ever, including as an amateur coach. Finished, uh, I think, 30 strokes back. He uh, shot 298 total. Do the math on that. Divide it by four. Shot a 77 on the final day. Not good. Not good no. at all for Tiger, but uh, we move on. Next weekend will be the PGA Championship. Phil Mickelson was no better. Uh, Mickelson actually had a chance if he performed well. I don't know how the ratings work, but uh, he would have moved up to number one. But Mickelson had a brutal day, too. Tiger Woods still ranked number one. And I'll bet you when the odds makers come out, dog, a little less sure than usual, but my guess is for the PGA, Tiger Woods will still be the favorite. I don't know, Coach. That, that's the, that's a tough statement. Maybe we can have like a golf. This might be the first golf tournament in, in what, since about – Beginning of 1997, where Tiger Woods wasn't the the, the favorite that he was in. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he'll be the favorite. Yeah, the problem is if not him, who? who? Yeah, yeah. There's. I think the age like, old the age old question of Tiger Woods against the field, and people used to debate. Oh, boy, boy, do I take Tiger or take the field? Which is an incredible, incredible, uh, uh, positive indictment of of how good Tiger Woods was. But now you ask that question, and it's a pretty easy answer. You take the field. So. It seemed like from about uh, from like 2000 through 2004, you know, like uh, if you were in a major, you would take Tiger Woods instead of the field. Which at that point, he was playing so phenomenal yeah, in yeah. majors at that point. But, you got you, uh, you have to really let that set in to, to realize how unbelievable that is because you're basically talking 140 100 that he's going to beat. His one score is going to be better than any other of the 149 greatest golfers in the world. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, just coach. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it shouldn't be taken lightly how no. well he played for so long. Yeah. He had, over a 12-year period, it was like he won about a third of the majors he was in. I mean, that's just, how does that, that's almost mm-hmm. impossible. Yeah, we'll talk so, about so. the PGA as the week goes on. we got to move uh, along on our titillating tidbits, news and notes. That's what you got to do when you do a one-hour show, Big Dog. We don't want to miss any of the key items. NFL football, the training camps have officially opened. Uh, did I miss it, or was there actually an exhibition game over the weekend? Yes. The, 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 the Bengal against? It was a Hall of Fame game. Ah, the yeah, Hall so of Fame game. How could I forget it? Except it, I forgot it. It's announced it. worldly. Seriously, they watch it in Cairo. They watch it in Mozambique. You name it. It's, it's the kickoff game, Coach. Okay. Won, by the way. Uh, let's see if we have the official score down. I believe, what was it, the Bengal against... The Raiders? Who cares? Yeah, Who's I really don't. Yeah. I just did, did Terrell Owens have a blow up on the sideline. That's all I want to know. I don't know, but more disturbingly, my young teenage son has become a fan of the uh, fan of the Chad Ochocinco reality show. Uh oh. Well, what's it? He's trying to find a date that's like yes. what a catch or something like that. Yeah, she, he said it's pretty hilarious. He said yesterday's episode uh, 
One female threw an avocado at another one, and another one threw a bottle of lemon juice at one of the other girls. He's become a fan, sadly, of the Chad Ocho Cinco show. Oh, there's nothing like hot chicks and food violence. Well, Seriously, particularly when you're talking the avocado. That mm. that takes it to another level. Was I mean, if it was not peeled yet, first of all, that could be a weapon. And secondly, it's not as much fun. Yeah, well. So hopefully it was at least half of like, or peeled Oh. No, it was not, avocado. it was not peeled. As best I can recollect, it was a full avocado with the seed inside, keeping the rest of the avocado ripe as it is wont to do. But if you get a nice softened ripe avocado, you could almost liken it to the old red playground balls we used to play in PE class with. The boing balls? The boing. eight and a half by 11 inch dodgeball red playground balls, which today's kids don't even know what they are. Those things have been, I don't know if outlawed, but they've been eliminated from PE classes. Very, very sad. But yeah, you remember the, the red ball. playground ball, when you would throw it, Big Doe, you would throw it, and it would never seriously injure somebody, but you could definitely put get a little a paint. Huh? You can get a sting. Yes. So, I, you know, so ex- I would imagine the ripe avocado is very similar to that. No serious injury, but just hard enough to cause a little pain. Yeah, the avocado, by the way, the world's greatest fruit is all I want to tell. Is it a fruit? <laughs> Ahead, uh, yeah, it is a fruit, and actually, the riper an avocado gets, the softer it gets. Yes, mm-hmm. I know. So, yeah. Well, if it was ripe, then it wouldn't have hurt that much. Right, that's my point. Okay. No, no. Joel, was, if it wasn't ripe, it could be a dangerous weapon. The point I was trying to make as we talk avocados here, that the ripe avocado that's a little softer is similar to the 8.5 by 11 red playground ball, where you could nail somebody <laughs> and not cause serious damage, but still get a little stingage. By the way, I, I've... I've How am I like, talking about here? I've seen like 30 seconds of the Ocho Cinco show. So I've, okay. And every girl on there was like, goo goo. Oh, my goodness. They were. They didn't seem too <laughs> bright, Coach, but they were definitely beautiful. Uh, but I can't imagine. There's only one reality show that I watch, and it's Half Pint Brawler. Have you watched it yet? It's who? Half Pint Brawler. It's the traveling midget wrestling team, and they're out of <laughs> Chicago. You haven't seen it yet on Spike? Not only have I not seen it, I was not even aware it existed, but it sounds entertaining. Coach, quite honestly, you need to go to On Demand, <laughs> go to Spike, and watch every... <sighs> just watch the first one. This is all I got to say to you. Traveling because, midget wrestling team. Yes. And they and not only do they do the midget wrestling, number two, they do any stunt that you can possibly think of in terms of, like, jackass. So, like, next thing, like, one day they're stapling their scrotums to, to seats. And uh, and they're drunk. Okay, so these guys go around and they drink. So you have a bunch of drunken three foot one guys that beat each other up. The show is you can't get better television than that, coach. It's legitimately impossible. The only thing that could happen <laughs> is like if there was naked women just walking around for no reason. Oh goodness, three foot one inch naked women or normal size naked women or well, e- I, either or. I got well. It depends on the size of the hand. I'm, I'm, I'm still getting over your initial description of what the uh, midget wrestlers do during their quiet hours. That was a painful, painful description. Well, they're, they're thank you very much. One of the other midgets. That is that's because one of them's trying to become a half fight baller. He doesn't have what it takes athletically, so they mm-hmm. really are giving this guy a hard time. That's pretty funny. But the serious scenes are by far the funniest stuff on the show. Okay. Like uh, this one, they brought in this other half fight baller that was brawling with another one like from years back, because mm-hmm. when they used to travel together, the one guy had slept with the other guy's girlfriend. <laughs> and <laughs> the drama is freaking hilarious. And one of them was like, you just think you're all that because you're three foot eight. <laughs> Half-pint brawlers, Spike TV on demand.
Uh, right? I'm pretty Do sure I... it's on demand. I'm pretty sure it is, okay. but you you got to see it. It's uh, uh, it's on on Wednesday nights after right. the. As long as there's no stapling of body parts, I might I might check it out. Yeah, I tell you, that's just indicative of showing that there are too many channels on cable. Yes. <laughs> when there are shows like that out there. They, I, mean, they, uh, oh. I, I am not going to argue with you that there are way too many bad television shows and that there's way too many channels. No, no it's bad, bad reality shows is what they're filling all these channels up with. This might be true, but i got to tell you something. This particular one... It will make you cry. You will laugh so hard. The stuff that these guys do mm-hmm. to watch midgets running around like they'll make they'll put themselves in diapers, okay, <laughs> and they'll run through the streets chasing each other. And they they, they prefer little, little people, big dog. Oh no, they call themselves midgets. Are they really okay. Well, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. These guys, they uh, they're natural. Everybody, all the little people listening, they're little people, but they specifically they're they're. You ever hear the guy I can tell Jewish jokes because I'm a Jew? You know, well, that's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I can tell bald jokes because I'm bald. Well, I remember in a past radio show, you talked about going to the uh, Springfield State Fair in our fine state of Illinois and getting midget involved tossing. in some midget tossing. Yes. And, and folks, as a sport, no lie. Anybody out there who I live in Illinois and you think you're cosmopolitan, yes, uh, I grew up in Kenilworth and blah, blah, blah. Well, your state fair back in 1990 was the last state fair in America that still had legalized midget throwing. Okay. <laughs> Midget tossing, excuse me, that's what it was, midget tossing. I tried to get involved, but I, I, I was actually going to train with one of my buddies who was uh-huh. not really a midget. He was a, he was just really, really short. And I figured if I train with him <laughs> and then go get myself a midget, I'll fling this dude. I never, I, but they, they, they banned it. And, you know, as much as I'll be willing to sell cigarettes uh-huh. and make a profit, there's no way am I going to get into the underground world of that's, midget tossing nowadays. I so mean, you're telling me there is an underground world of midget tossing? Yes, all the around. There's got to be, right, Coach? How could the? Uh, I'm hoping Michael like Vick is not away. Oh, that, that would be a good Will Ferrell movie, by the way. <laughs> He's done just about every other sport. He might as well try uh, midget tossing as well. That's outstanding. And you actually competed. I remember as a team, representing your college, right? There'd be no, no, like no, no, no. A... I, no, no. I was there at college. That's what I'm talking about. But I didn't, I just saw it. You know, I saw like a little person flying in the air and everybody going crazy and laughing and like, like falling out hysterically. And they were judged like, as to how far they, they, it was not like a slip and slide, correct? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. coach. It was, it was, it, <laughs> but it was a slip and slide, like a, it was like those regular pads that you fold up, you know, in gym. Okay. You okay? And yeah, I know those. those down there. And these people would, they, they would throw these bitches 10, 15 feet. Unbelievable the amount of air that those guys can get. Uh-huh. But the key was how far they would slide, right? No, no, it's how far in the air. Oh, I, I was picturing the midgets sliding after a post toss. Oh no, 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 no! Then you just run as fast as you can. You push so it. So how far that they would they would actually splat. That actually is a little more entertaining to me. So actually, it's like a shot put or discus. It's where they land. Yes. Wherever yes, they right. happen to thud, you mark the spot and you you call the first aid guy, and then uh, they take the midget away. Yeah, you know it's uh it, it's it's a little different, you know. Like if you go and get some, uh, like go get health insurance, they look at you and they're like, "Okay, you're a father of this, blah blah blah. You do this. Do you smoke? No, you don't smoke." Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, if you're a midget, uh, back in the day, would you do you do midget tossing? And you'd have, they'd have to look at you, be like, "Yes." And all of a sudden, your premiums <laughs> just go through the roof. <laughs> you might have to join <laughs> MTA, Midget Tossers Anonymous. Uh, now, big dog, I'm going to give you a homework assignment. Look at the clock. I don't. I, I was my next topic. I don't know that we have time for, but. Uh, are you good for tomorrow's show, by the way? 
Um, as of right now, yes. Coach. All right. So I'm going to give you a homework assignment. If something comes up, you can't make it. This will be for Wednesday's show. But as you know, the NFL training camps opened last week, I believe, collegiate football. First official day of training camps is uh, as we speak. No, it all depends on what game, what day you play. All right. Don't complicate. Okay, but, yes, don't, don't, it's, yeah, it's they close started enough. last Thursday okay. was technically the first day of college right. football. There we go. College football is back at it. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Can't wait till opening day. But uh, I would like you to prepare because you have men who have played at the highest level, except high school, college, or pro. Um, the do's and don'ts of your first week of football practice. Well, Coach, I would absolutely love that. I would yeah. love it. So we'll do, and because we, we got we, we got we, do this tomorrow. We got some high school kids listening to the program that might be starting, you know, in a couple of days. I believe in the uh, Illinois first day of practices Wednesday. Football okay, well, in these guys, you definitely need to listen to me tomorrow. Yes, I'm going to take this absolutely seriously. Okay, so if I, you might not enjoy that. I, I actually might take this serious, but I want to tell everybody out there. Okay, make it through, get to the second day, because I, I swear to you. Coach, all the years that I played football, whether it was in college or whether it was in high school, you know, when I was at high school, this is this is no joke. My my freshman year, a hundred and twenty five guys showed up first day of practice. Second day of practice, we had eighty people. Forty five guys were like, "There's no way. That's a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be." Mm-hmm. Make it through the first day. Just get get to the second day. You realize that it's not. It'll get it'll get easier if you can make it through the first two weeks. The rest of the football season is easy. And if you can't do that, never say, oh, I should have played football in high school. We'll get some specifics tomorrow on some do's and don'ts in the first week, the first couple of days of high school or college or NFL football training camp. Big Dog will be his uh, homework assignment. I had a uh, thought along with that, which has just escaped me. Going, going, gone. While I was promoting that, I completely forgot what I was going to say. At any rate. At any rate, big dog, 888-463-6748. By the way, here are the phone number with the coach and the dog. So we'll do that uh, hopefully on tomorrow's show. Anything coming out of the Bears training camp while I was gone? It seemed like... Um... The only thing coming out is Roberto Garza. Let's move from right guard to left guard. No! It looks like Josh no! Beekman. No! Josh Beekman will not be starting again. They're going to try to see if that guy, uh, Lance Louis, can play right guard for yes. the Chicago Bears. Yes, so, hearing big things big about uh, Lance Luis is a free agent, right? That, that, that's, yeah, that's big time. If they Excellent. somehow solidify their offensive line, everyone's mm-hmm. going to be like, man, this Jay Cutler kid is good. And then I'm going to be like, yeah, because they can run yeah. the football and they're protected. You know, no, 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 no. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit there. If you are implying in any way, well, in any significant way, that the offensive line was the cause of Jay Cutler's brutal season last year. I am sorry, my friend. I would have to differ from you. No, no, no. Jay Cutler has a, a, a responsibility. The running backs have a responsibility. Yes. The offensive—they all had a part. Okay, the reason why the I, th- I thought so you were giving year. Jay Cutler a little hook off. He no, was, no, no, no. My he was bad, plenty was, bad on his own last year. No, 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 no. He did, he did. But I'm telling you this straight up right now. If they protect him, everyone's going to be like, he's a good quarterback. It's that simple. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. If they protect him, he'll be good, coach. Well, I, I would disagree with that, too. I don't think it's that simple. I think if you could protect him and put him in Ron Turner, last year's offensive coordinator system, and he might not be that good because the defenses know exactly what's coming. I think the combination of a little bit better protection and a much more uh, well-schemed, intricate, sophisticated professional 
offensive scheme, I think, is going to make Jay Cutler a little more successful. I, I, I don't know I, that it's to be just honest, I think Mike Marks is one of the most overrated uh, offensive coordinators ever. Just, just look, look, right. look at the talent he's had over his career. We'll and see. He's almost put a couple quarterbacks in body bags. We'll see. I predict so. the Bear offense significantly better this year, and uh, it will only be in part due to Jay Cutler, only in part due to an offensive line. I'm excited. And only in part due to the receivers are going to be a lot better from all experience, and only in part because of the fact well, that Matt Forte doesn't have a, a banged-up knee already, and in fact that they have actual backup at Chester Taylor. Yeah, but everything. Uh, so, so, everything is better about this team. Coach, even Ron Turner would be in a better well, situation. It's the same receiving core that everybody said last year was so bad. Well, I'm not saying Mike Martz comes in and says, now we don't need to trade for any. We didn't pick up any big-time receivers. Mike Martz says, you know what, these guys are good. It's one I said all last year. Not the best in the NFL, but plenty good. Speed, depth, I mean, great quickness out of the receivers. Guys that can catch the ball. I'm not talking about, you know, all pro NFL guys, but an above average receiving course. The same group that played last year, Big Dog. They're going to be better this year because you got a real offensive coordinator. Well, I will say he is a real offensive coordinator. It just... He is, he's got a lot to prove to me, Mike Marks. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm not totally 100% on board with this guy. He, he has to protect the quarterback. He's never done that in, in his life. Yeah. He has passed way, way, way too many, uh, too much of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing wrong with running the ball. Okay. There's nothing wrong with running the football. Yeah. Anymore. But for a Bear fan like myself to finally get a guy come in and, it, and it's not so much Mike Marks. It's just that we've got a different style off. I'd be as excited if it was someone else who had the same style. So I'm not, Promoting the geniusness of Mike Martz, I'm, I'm so excited because we've advanced out of the blandness of Terry Shea and John Shoops and Ron Turner. Incompetence. Nice guys. I don't want to make character defamations against them. Nice guys. But yeah. incompetent as offensive coordinators of the NFL team that I so much love. So I'm excited now that we have an offense that's going to use a seven-step drop. How about that? that might even use the shotgun, and that's going to throw the ball downfield. I like Big Dog. In this day and age, I like the philosophy of throw first to set up the run. I think that's yeah, the way well, to go. Uh, don't even get me started with that. Don't even get the, Whatever. Okay, is all i got to say about that particular philosophy. All I know is this. is It took, <laughs> it took, uh, it took uh, what do you call it, uh, who's the great, Kurt Warner. It took him like three years after Mike Marks before his body came around from getting destroyed as a ramp. Mark Bolger, his career was it's like in a body bag at this particular time. Oh, but, oh, would they have won the Super Bowl against the Patriots if they would have handed off the ball to Marshall Falk? Oh, yes, I, I believe they would. But, of course, he had four carries in the first half. I, I, the guy has to quit trying to act like he's a mad scientist. Oh, I'll prove to everybody I have the best routes in football and just try to win football games. That's your mm-hmm. responsibility, not to be cute. Not to score as many points as you possibly okay. can. Yeah, Not to that's... lead the NFL in passing. Your, okay, that's your, a... your goal as an offense coordinator is to win football games, Coach. That's and, a, that's and a to be fair... quite honest with you, I ain't going to sit here and get into the pass first or run first and all that. I, I think that should change per your game mm-hmm. plan, per team. But Mike Mars yeah. needs to figure out how to win games and not try yeah. to score points. Now that, that is a very fair criticism of Mike Martz. And I've always said, personality-wise, not my favorite guy. And that's one of the reasons why he's a little caught up with himself. So I think that is a fair comparison. But I'm just excited that we're going to have a lot more open, dramatic offense. The best way I can describe it, and I said this last year too, is if you are the opposing team's defensive coordinator. Last year when you played the Bears, it was like an off week. I mean, you had to prepare, but it, it was an easy week. No, no, I, I, easy I, week. I, yeah. I totally agree with you that they're going to be better off in terms of 
surprising people and 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 being more dynamic coach mm-hmm. you're, you're 100 percent right about okay. that i uh, trust me i'm not defending ron turner okay oh i hope you you understand that okay by the way before the show's over i do have to mention you know i'm a big horse racing guy big dog and uh a five-year-old horse one of the great ones tuscon evening five and oh this year undefeated in 2010 five uh-huh. years old pretty old for a horse the favorite in the upcoming beverly d handicap sweepstakes at arlington park pretty big race over the weekend, heart attack, tragic heart attack, Tuscan evening, has been laid to rest. Well, that's sad. Yep. Five years old, though. He did live a good, long horse life. Yeah. No, a horse will live like 25 years, won't they? Not sure. Well, uh, I, I know you're only a, you're only betting on them, so you can care less after they retire, Coach. But, uh, yeah. yeah, they only usually won yeah. until they're like, uh, like five or six years old at the most. Mm-hmm. Well, it was like a John Henry that ran until like he was nine, but I, I, I think a horse will live like 20 years. Yeah, I, so. did, I did not know horses could have heart attacks, but apparently... Uh... They also get the cancer. They get all kinds of stuff, Coach. Okay. You are correct. That's why they also get uh, STDs. That's why you'll find that horses will remain monogamous. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Getting put out to stud is not all you make it out to be, apparently. Well, yeah, yeah some, you might end up like Al Capone. You know what I mean? You know, syphilis and all crazy eventually one day. All right. Dog, great to be back with you again. I missed you, buddy. Thanks for covering for me. Oh, the coach, I didn't have to. It was, it was like Charles Tillman. I didn't cover very well, but every time uh, somebody uh, caught the ball and popped it out. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody out there. David Olson, great to be reunited with you, my friend. Uh, back tomorrow with 10. Have a great day, everybody. TalkZone.com. <laughs>